Trevor Karitsid, Steve Smee, do you want to do the honors of introducing today's guest? Yeah, we have a special Thanksgiving Day podcast. Sammy Ganum, Ganum, uh, new IFBB pro. Congratulations. Uh, joining us on Thanksgiving. Uh, Trevor is in Canada. Sammy and I are in the U.S., so uh, we both celebrate Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving on different dates. We slaughtered the Indians, evidently, on different days, so... But Sammy's been gracious enough to join us on Thanksgiving. So how's it going, buddy? We heard uh, on the pre-show you were saying your mom gave you an earful for, for leaving early. Yeah, that's how she is, man. All that about that family-oriented shit. <laughs> what fucking mom was telling me. <laughs> podcast. What the fuck's a podcast? I was like, Mom, got to do it. Got to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, well I- we're at, everyone's shopping in my family right now. So I, did, I hosted oh, Thanksgiving God. earlier, and everyone's shopping, so... I'm free now. The house is quiet. It's just me and the cat, so so I can do it tonight. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Sammy. Um, a lot of our listeners um, may not have heard of you. Can you introduce yourself a little bit for those who aren't uh, following you? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so my name is Sammy Ganum. I'm 25. Uh, I've been competing for probably about uh, since about 2015, so you're looking about like three and a half years. Um, I work for Blackstone Labs. I started in the call center as all uh, just a day-to-day dealing with retail customers and stuff like that, building st- custom stacks. And then I moved myself to wholesale. Now I'm actually head of domestic sales. Um, uh, PJ is actually one of my mentors. I worked for, with Chris Aceto for this prep uh, to nationals. Um, I, it was actually my first classic physique show, which is pretty cool. And it was my first time working with Chris and he turned me pro on one show. So that was a really big accomplishment. Um, I've been always a goal-oriented kid. Uh, I guess I'm not a kid anymore because I'm a young adult, but all in all, it's just uh, I've always tried to do my best, work harder and harder every time. This time, I didn't self-doubt myself or catch up to check out the competition, so I was very confident in where I was ending up in the lineup and stuff like that. So that's a little about me is I'm very, I'm very pushy, aggressive, and I like I'm a, I'm a person that likes to get done. I follow two words: consistency and relentlessness. So that's kind of like how I live my life by. That makes sense. I called Sammy the little engine that could because I was texting with him during his prep and he told me like, I'm gunning for my pro card. And I wished him all the best, but I never thought in a million years he'd actually do it. Because what, what was your last placing before this? You weren't even, you weren't even close. Hey, no, nah, actually I was pretty close. I was fourth place at USA's. I mean, I've always climbed to the top, dude. Um, 2015 USA's as a lightweight, I was six. 2016, I, no, 2017. I placed because I took a whole year off after that because PJ just ripped me a new one and said, you need legs, you need this, you need that. And this is when I first started at Blackstone's. I thought I was actually a decent bodybuilding that PJ obviously had an experience, has an experience and stuff like that. He's like, <laughs> he, shut my, he shut everything down. So I worked on so many total areas. So come back 2017, placed fourth as a welterweight, went up one class. And then everyone told me, you know, you need to be doing classic. You have a vacuum, you have a nice waist, you're really good at posing. And I just didn't want to because I like to be a bodybuilder at the end of the day. But I figured, you know what, fit to what your criteria is when you actually fit in. And then when I talked to Steve Weinberg, when I went to Bev's gym with Steve, uh, with BJ, and he was like classic. 
but he's told me some lagging areas. I had to get the gyno surgery, got that done, got my legs up, got my chest up, got my everything he told me I had to do, I made sure to get done. And all in all, working with the best, that was one of my goals, Cito. He's like, you're fucking peeled, you're fucking peeled. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's get it. And I just, I just knew like I had a good shot. I wasn't going to say I was going to win, but I knew I was going to, I was going to get there. And I just kept it in my mind that no one could beat me, but obviously one person beat me, but he ended up winning the overall. So I gave him props. It's awesome. And honestly, I just knew in my mind I was ready. It was that year. If you feel, if you feel me on that point, that makes sense. Who, who did you work with before Aceto? Johnny Castellina, Profex. He trains uh, Fitness Booty. Um, I don't know if you remember, uh, it was in the uh, light heavy division. Um, his name's Chuck Kitty on Instagram. Pretty impressive bodybuilder. Uh, he's turned a lot of people pros. Um, honestly, he, was, he did great work. Um, it's just I, when you have the opportunity to work with, I had the offseason with Neil Hill, um, but he stopped responding to me. And he said, I asked too many questions. Um, so, <laughs> this way, I was, okay. You gave me a good attention in the beginning of the pro and beginning of the off season. And I understand you have some big contenders in the Olympia, but all I asked was, should I up the cardio? And when someone gives me a rude response, I respectively left them, uh, send a message back very professionally. I was like, I love what we did in the off season. You helped me a lot, but I think we need to part ways. He said, okay, mate, have a good one. So left it off like that. Um, no pun intended, but it was obviously, I put the faith in the right hands of Lucita and things turned out great. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised that that sort of thing goes on, but, um, you know, I guess that's human nature, you know, to act like that. That's kind of, maybe he was having a bad day or something. I have no idea, but that's not my business, you know? Yeah. Are you strike me as someone, you know, uh, you try to, a reject the, the negative people out of your life and just absorb the positive 100%. people. So that's, 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 that's how you win in life. You know, you're never going to succeed in life. You surround yourself with assholes. You know, if you work with assholes, if your family are assholes, nothing no, I'm like not that. even trying to call him an asshole. I, and I'm not understanding him because at the end of the day, I'm paying. Dude. I get it. And I get maybe you have too much on your mind. Maybe you're taking too much on at the end of the day. It's whatever I made you, I guess I made your life easier. That's fine. But I also made my life easier. So, and I also made my life better. So, I mean, I see it like that. I still say hi to him. I still say what's up, you know, but at the end of the day, you're not my coach anymore. Aceto is. So yep. I give you credit where credit's too. I think, I think the main thing with your clients is just communication. Like I had a major surgery on Monday. So I told everyone like, Hey, I'm going to be slow to reply to emails the next couple of days. And everyone's like cool about that. But if you just like don't reply for a couple of days, people are like, "What the fuck?" And you give a heads up too, so you 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 let them know in advance. You know, I mean, I get I grant uh, granted, yes, I was only fourteen weeks out, but I'm an over analyst. That makes sense, and I want everything to be, dude. It's literally just give me a fucking map. Give me week one through six, and I'll fucking follow it to a T. But right when five and a half weeks come, and we gotta start changing shit, you gotta give me five to fucking nine nine to twelve like you know what i mean i've, I've worked with coaches before and they'd be like i want you to change your diet here's the program when you start tomorrow it's like well, like fuck man like i'm in classes all day i can't just like go buy groceries and totally change my diet tomorrow that was the cool thing about aceto like everything 
we changed, we never really changed the diet, but everything we did literally every day, uh, every other day was, so it's starting like in the beginning was like every three days with check-ins. Um, but the diet was very, all the foods were the same. It was just the carbs were increased or decreased. The one fat source was, uh, increased or decreased. It wasn't like, Oh, go buy this thing and buy that thing and buy this. Like it wasn't a different, a bunch of condiments. Like Aceto is just straight textbook. It's not like he makes everything. He's, I call him a monotone typer because he keeps it just straightforward. You know what I mean? Very simple. Nothing crazy. So, so what types of foods are you eating? Uh, so, oh, dude, it was all car. I was just basically on high carb, uh, basically no fats the whole time. Literally, it's crazy. And when we did high carb days, low carb days, but low carb days was not even that. The low carb days were like 175. So food wise, it was uh, meat sources were egg white, a lot of egg whites, um, whey protein, like isolate from Blackstones. And then we did chicken and he told me to do fish, but you guys are going to think I'm sick. I did a can of tuna the whole time. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, I eat tuna all the time. It's cheap, it's like, to cook it, no dishes, like it's all positive. The thing is, like, people are like, how the fuck did you eat dry tuna? Well, meal four was with potatoes. And yes, I didn't actually use potatoes. I actually used the microwave front in the frozen section. <laughs> and sodium. Because <laughs> and at the same time, it was jasmine. It was Uncle Ben's jasmine rice. The instant with the coconut oil, uh, canola oil in it. And I, I just didn't care. Because I did it all 14 weeks. I never changed it. I did the same amount, same weight out. Whatever a cup was, I weighed it out. That's it. And so he was like, uh, didn't even say anything. Because if, if something was working, with, that's the one thing I really liked with Aceto that didn't stress me out. If something was working. He didn't make a big deal if I was eating like cooked rice with nothing added into it or anything like that. Maybe, maybe it would have been a, bit, a little bit of a benefit, but at the end of the day, I did what I had to do. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Because you're very busy. That was easy. Yes, very busy. Actually, and I'm very lazy. When it comes to cooking, dude, I am very bland. I don't, I put my seasonings, my seasonings were garlic, sea salt. That's it. No, I wasn't big on condiments. I didn't have any. The only condiment I used in the morning, and I even used it the week of too, was Walton's Farms syrup. I did it with my oatmeal, and I did it with my, uh, if I wanted something sweet at night, with my egg whites. That's it. But other than that, that was the only condiment. Those are the only three condiments I used. Too basic. It's a big mistake even me probably see is people they overcomplicate shit. They think the secret is some like they think the secret is some like magic grain that they're not eating. Yo, you have two weeks out, you have to drop BCAAs. Bro, this month, like I because I used to I was overthinking. Bro, I didn't even drop BCAAs. Like I dropped BCAAs two days out because I was fucking I stopped working out. Like I still did BCAAs pre-workout. I didn't even do it for the point of like helping it just I wanted a little cocktail before fucking the gym. You, you know what I mean? I did a nitric oxide booster, BCAs, hypoxtreme and resurgence. That's it. Like, and that's, I literally did the same thing. Like every day was the same thing. Cause I was that busy at sales. Like I don't have time to be so luxurious and voluminous with my fucking meals. You know what I mean? I hardly, I eat, I eat asparagus for one meal a day. That's it. I didn't have any fucking broccoli, green beans, nothing. Bro, because I was on the go all the time. And it just, I mean, the carbs were perfect. It kept me satisfied. I mean, there were some days I was, I, I really created fats. Like the only fat source we had, we had in the 12 weeks that we worked together. We had two burgers, 
one uh, meal of salmon. That was the only high fat sources and no oils, no fucking olive oil, no macadamia, no oil, nut butter, nothing like that. Very plain. So I saw your, your high, so your heavy carb, like what, what happened in that? Were you, were you losing body fat? Were you gaining mass? Whoa. What's happening to your body? High carb day. Every time, bro, I woke up even lighter. But then when, obviously when the, uh, we went back to a low carb, uh, my weight kind of plateaued. And then uh, two days after that, keeping the low carb in there, the weight went back down. There was a point, bro, I lost so much weight. The first six weeks is where I lost the most weight. I lost 13 pounds in six weeks. And then we kind of were at 169, 170 for a good four, uh, three weeks. And he's like, don't worry, don't worry. And when I see it says, don't worry, it's like, you fucking peel it, Sammy. You don't have to worry. And the, the funniest thing was the same words every time. His favorite words are peeled best bin like he literally texted this best bin and uh k like he and it wasn't like the k like mad it would just say k like we had, we had chris we had chris on our podcast a couple of times very intelligent guy but he's also uh, he's, he's, he's a character yeah he's a character for sure yeah. <laughs> he got so mad at me uh because the night before the show he's like i need to take a look at you so he comes i was like yeah come up to the hotel I'm in sales and I'm always talking. So I'm on the phone processing order. I'm literally half, uh, I'm in my drawers and I'm posing for Chris at the same time talking to a client. Clients arguing with me about the pricing. And then I'm literally, I'm like, I'm not going to negotiate this price. Like, could you get off the fucking phone? Like, I'm trying to help you. You fucking get off the phone. And he's like, <laughs> you're so mad at me. Cause I was like trying to multitask and shit and <laughs> get things done. But this is a good topic, Sammy. Cause we hear a lot of people who have stressful jobs like yours. The excuse is, oh, I don't have time to work out. I'm stressed. How, how are you able to manage it all? I love what I do. I see it. I love what I do. These guys are just lazy fucking assholes. I think they can't work. I have to take a week off from work. Well, if you love that, what you got to do at the end of the day, I love making money and I love supplements and I love my job. So that's what fueled me. And I wasn't, I wasn't killed. I wasn't. I wasn't overdue on cardio. I did 30 minutes steady state in the morning on a Stairmaster. I trained for 45 minutes out of the day and I, I work a Saturday job. I mean, if someone really bitches about that, they're a fucking pussy. They're literally a fucking pussy because it's easy, bro. If you're sitting and on a computer, the one thing I'll say that helped me, this, the jewel. It's bad for you. I know nicotine's bad for you. I know it's very addicting, but this motherfucker helped me. That's the only, that's my secret. If, that, if I can say one thing that really helped me, it was this jewel. That's it. What, what Other is that? that? It, uh, is that an uh, electronic cigarette? Yeah, it's 50 milligrams of nicotine. It's a high count of nicotine that literally gets you going, curbs your appetite, lowers anxiety, very bad for you. No nicotine is highly addictive, and I know I've literally been tapering down because, like, the last two weeks I was cheating off it like a motherfucker. Um, and that's about it, man. I mean, all in all, I, my caffeine wasn't high. I did 300 milligrams of caffeine a day, did 150 in the morning from coffee, and I did uh, 150 in the morning from uh, pre workout. I did, it was like, uh, well, it had DMHA in it because of the dust X, but so yeah, 170. It was two, it was 325. And that's it. Um, fat burner wise, didn't do the client. I did the GW one five one six that you told me the dosage on, 
And then I, cause he wanted me to do Klein. I said, nah, makes me too anxious. And then I did S and I added an SR nine zero zero nine anabolic, I think it's called, um, did 20. Stenobolic. Yeah. So, so let's back up a little bit, Sammy, because a lot of guys listening to this, you know, a lot of our demographic, they're in their twenties as well, or early thirties. And they, they're really intrigued. They want to, they want to break into the industry. They want to kind of be like you, you know, even if they don't become a pro one day, they want to kind of work in the industry. So how did you get into it? Did you, did you kind of, how'd you break into it? And go ahead. No, no, keep going. I got to, yeah, how did you break into it? And are you doing, is that your, your source of income from an economic standpoint that's supplementing kind of your pro bodybuilding endeavors? Or are you also, were you working a different job? Were you in school? Are you still working a different job? Tell us a little bit about that. I'm going to tell you the whole thing, bro. I'm here a lot. All right. <laughs> so basically the way it started back in 2014, I rest, uh, no, back in 2012, I got out of high school, I graduated, um, I started, I started going to school part-time, um, Palm Beach State College community, uh, parted my ass off, drank a lot, and wasn't going nowhere. School sucked. I didn't pay attention, nothing like that. Then we got into, then I met my boy Ross, um, young teen, fucking love, uh, he competed in physique. I always loved showing off, being a bodybuilder, like flexing, take out my shirt at the gym, you know, yada, yada, yada. So we started training together, a couple months go by, you know, fucking literally, uh, I go to my first show. I go to his first show. Fell in love with it, but still didn't want to compete because I didn't want I – was, I was dieting and wrestling. I started myself fucking night and day, fucking spitting in the cup, fucking wearing a jack in the sauna, a pike in the sauna. So I had like – at the time, I was – I started as a mover. I worked for a moving company, fucking miserable, working with a bunch of miserable fucks. And they're all cool and all, you know, but I, this shit wasn't for me. I started at Beast as an intern in the warehouse as a warehouse manager i was celebrating because i started making like decent money 15 an hour you know plus a little bit commission and then beast um i showed up late one day one hour late because i went out to blue because i partied blue martini i partied and i got fucking um i came in late she fired me um i was like you know what fuck it so then i started at nutrishop boat uh nutrishop for lotto Worked my weapon sales, did a bunch of demos, really brought the store up to par. But I just didn't like the whole motto of um, how Nutrishop works. It's basically, uh, we guarantee the lowest prices, but it's all the house brands. It's the same way GNC, Maximus, so all of them work. Uh, my boy, I had one of my friends who's working at the call center at Blackstone Labs. I kept begging, 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 begging. And then all of a sudden, I went to, before I even got the job, I actually went to uh, the opening of Boca Nutrition that both that PJ owned, he opened up a little location, he's carrying his brand and a couple other brands that he owned. And then I met him. I was like, PJ, I really want to work for you. And at the time, you know, PJ, he didn't know me. He didn't know who I was and stuff like that. But then a couple months go by, I get the opportunity to work in the call center. I work in the call center for about two years. Um, about actually, actually one uh, year and a half. I moved up pretty fast because I set goals every time. I, uh, that was then before that I actually did my first show and I actually won the overall. And this was in 2015. Uh, I came back, kept climbing and climbing. I'm from team. U, got second to team. U, went to USA. got six. That was 2015. And then I actually got settled in the call center, started doing sales. Um, first month, 12 K second month, 25 K third month, 35 K fourth month. And so far off the girl, it got to a point where a year and a half later, I was doing eight K in the call center retail. 
um, setting up customers, custom stacks and stuff like that. And it just ended up picking up really well. And then I was, I set a goal that I wanted to be in wholesale. And I, when the bodybuilding career came, uh, it got even better because I had really had experience with nationals, but I was still new because I didn't have the right coach, never had the right coach. So the, I did a show when I first started at the call center, I actually did, um, I worked with, I worked with uh, a bunch of different guys just getting, you know, when you ask a bunch of people different questions, Trevor probably knows this and he probably gets this a lot. When you ask a bunch of what kind of diet should you do? I was trying to do my own thing. I tried the intermittent fasting bullshit and I was basically crash dieting. When, when you ask 10 different people what you should do, it's like trying to find, it's like trying to follow 10 different recipes at once. It's, Whatever you're cooking is going to be a total disaster. You know, so that's basically what it was. It was a total disaster. So and that's the number one thing. Someone will be like, Hey, this is the drug cycle. My coach sent me. What do you think? I'm like, don't ask me that question. Like if you're not working with someone, I'll happily give you my advice. But if you're working with someone, do exactly what they tell you. Exactly. So basically after that, uh, it was two weeks out, PJ reached out to PJ and somehow he made me look good. Two weeks. We dropped about eight, eight pounds. Obviously, it's not fat. It was just water and stuff like that. But he brought me in as best I can. He's like, you're going to win this class unless the Jack Black guy shows up and beat you. Well, all you know is the Jack Black guy showed up and beat me. It was a region show. I still qualified. So I started working with PJ in the offseason. We grew really well. Um, but then I noticed like he was really busy. Meetings, photo shoots, promotions, flying out, and very stressed. So... I thought it was the best decision to reach out to another coach just to do to the time that, and I always ask advice for PJ. Any person I go to is always advice. That's person that, that's one person I always ask a question for because he knows my body. He sees me every day. So obviously he's going to know the changes, what works. Um, so I reached out to Johnny Castellina cause um, I don't know. He, for the affordable price and he's pretty smart. He's actually really smart. And he knew my, we worked really well. We did a whole off season together and we uh, prepped right into USA's. We got fourth. He dug in and it was, we did some great work. After that, I uh, started working with, uh, um, that's when I noticed, uh, that's when at uh, that summer, this is a big transition. Last year was very stressful because being on, being on prep and switching to a more advanced job and more responsibility that's when I was, that was when I was experienced more on comfort zone. That's when I had to really take on the challenge and I did it. I fucking kept growing, stayed positive, did the same thing, made it, made it easy on myself, made sure I got it done. Got fourth, took an off season and I stayed on track. Even in the off season, anyone will tell you if they know me, every meal was prepped, only one cheat meal a week, never fucked up. There's be some days, maybe I'll have an extra rice cake or two or something like that, but always followed my macros whatever it was, even when I was on trips, anything like that, always made sure to stick to my meal planning. Uh, every gallon was finished every single day in the off season. Didn't matter when, when, or where, whatever I was. I never partied, never did any of that. I stopped partying because I did so young. And then started to reach out to Neil. Cause I've always been, Neil moved to Boca. So I literally talked to him almost every day. It's just, I didn't know when I was going to start. Cause you know, when you don't want to leave a coach that actually did a good job, but you know, I, I had, the cool thing is I left with Johnny on good terms. We still talk. Like he knows me. Uh, he even knew I took second at fucking nationals. Like he's like, yeah, you're golden. You got to be perfect. And I trust him because he knows, he knows he's been to so many national shows. He knows how it works. And all of a sudden fucking I started working with Neil. Great in the beginning. Great. 
responsive. I've never seen a coach struggling. Later down the line, he started getting busier. Flex started getting to his Olympia prep and Bonac and all them. And I knew he was piling up. And also knew he was taking on way too many clients to handle. And every payment was on time. Every payment, everything. Because I'm very schedule-oriented. Like when things need to be done, things need to be done. You know, like here in the podcast, I'm here, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I was a little late, but it's because of Thanksgiving, but I still made it happen. I don't care. When someone schedules something, I'm ready to go. Started with Neil, didn't like the whole thing, and I knew something was going down, and I had to fix it before it fucked me over. Um, so not saying he fucked me over, just saying all of a sudden I just had to fix it before I ruined the prep. So I had 12 weeks to work with Aceto. My, it was crazy. Cito made the whole prep a breeze and my sales went up and I slept great. All in all, that's how like this whole IFBB goal oriented because the bodybuilding changed my life. I don't know if you guys remember it earlier in the beginning where I said like I was a worker and I was a mover. That's the most miserable fucking job in the world. Carrying furniture. You're like a fucking slave. I'll put it here, set it here, put this box here. And I worked in the dirtiest areas sometimes. Granted, I was only 18 making, I mean, 20, uh, making guaranteed like 45K a year, but I was getting off at 8, 10 o'clock at night. And then that's what kind of drove me to want to get drunk on Fridays and Saturdays. And I still trained, but there was no way I was putting on muscle because I was always catabolic and I was eating McDonald's and fucking Burger King and Chipotle every day. So all in all, as you can see, the way I see people, like my message to people is like, if you really want to do this, you'll get it done. You'll find that company to grow with and stick with it and make sure you really put the effort into it and you actually stick behind the brand, respect the brand, loyalty the brand. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't know yeah. if I talked about it or anything. Like I probably went too much in detail, but I just wanted to tell you my kind of like that three year story. So like, so, so did the moving thing, like, were you making decent money with the moving thing or was it shit money? Stupid money, dude. I mean, not stupid money, but like for a guy that lived at home and didn't have any head over and paid for it to a, a 1997. So, so it paid decently? Yeah, definitely. Tips oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is like, but you hated it, but you hated it. Dude, you can't fall in, you can you can make fucking, you can give me 8k a year fucking moving furniture. But that kind of fucking labor, you got to be a goddamn fucking miserable fuck doing painkillers all day and fucking. Because at that point, I wasn't doing any painkillers. But at that point, when you get older, dude, you can ask anyone. Your fucking back hurts. You got these guys that are fucking like 45 fucking wearing the back brace. Like you're supposed to wear to a gym all fucking day long. And then take that, that, the fucking fat stomach sticking out and fucking. They're like, they fucking just pop on their fucking recliner and drink fucking 10 coronas. This guy's when Trevor log off. Yeah, uh, Trevor is having some technical difficulties. He'll be he he'll be with us one second. Sam, you were talking about how you're on good terms with Johnny, and you decided to leave him to go to Neil. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, about after the recap. Yeah, so I mean, Neil was good. Off season win that YC three chaining the fucking week one, week two, week three. It's amazing. I've did it for probably like seven months straight, dude. Some good quality muscle, good separation. But after that, I knew I needed to fix things. He wasn't taking me serious. So, I mean, and I understand you're busy, dude, man. Um, but let me see if I can reach out to the real, uh, the ultimate guru. I, I will call him because he is the best. 
you can ask anyone. People can deny it. People can say, oh, maybe he fucked up this prep. Nah, he's never fucked up. Return to Sean Roden, fucking Mr. Olympia. The fuck out of here. Fucking change the future of the industry. Fucking finally took Phil off the plate, uh, the podium and put a guy that's supporting a more aesthetically pleasing physique what bodybuilding should be. And guaranteed. And these people think he fucking uh, makes people take so much shit. Shut the fuck up. No, he doesn't. Dude, he's the most minimal person you could think of. Heck, if he could, he'll probably make people natural if he, if he had the ability, if they didn't need to take things. Obviously, everyone's taking something at the end of the day. So, oh no, that's with my bodybuilding career. Bodybuilding changed my life. Blackstone's changed my life. They told me to, that's why I put so much effort and support back into what I do. And I'm a humble motherfucker. I am not a person that lives by meals a meal doesn't want to have doesn't want to help and i'm not even always asking for money i don't i don't try like this whole ifbb pro thing like i get it you have a whole now you have a different platform you can use you have more criteria i'm not even i'm gonna be the same person this whole sinking in shit no this was a personal goal of mine to get where i go from now i still have to find that now i got to find that next step to where i want to find whether it's winning your first pro debut and going to the olympia or I don't know yet, but right now I did what I wanted, but you have to always want more. And that's what the whole story I said earlier, I don't know if you heard Trevor, but that's how people have to have it. You got to really want it. You can't just say one day you, you want it. And then the next day you go back to what the fuck you're doing. You know, does that make sense? I mean, I'm not trying to sound like no motivational speaker or anything, but like you have to remind yourself every day how bad you want it. You know? Every every guy, Sam, we've had on who's been at your level or higher has the same mentality. So I really think that in life to succeed at anything, whatever it is, you got to have that mentality for sure. You can't let anything get in your way. You got to be, that's when you have, I know bodybuilding is selfish. The only time I think really my perspective bodybuilding is selfish is when you have to go after your fucking goal, if that makes sense. That's the only selfish thing about it. But you can still balance out all the other things. Work. These people that say they can't fucking work. Like, that's fucking bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. No, you're just comfortable eating meal one, meal two, meal three. Train, meal four, meal five, meal six. Go to bed. And then you wait to the last second to pose like a fucking idiot. And that's why you sweat on stage and you can't hold the fucking pose. It's the same thing. It's the same. All those things correlate. It's just an excuse. I, I'll be honest. The one thing that really helped me, people will not believe me. Um, YouTube every day, Tony Robinson, believe it or not, it might sound corny, but that motherfucker did change my perspective on the prep that, and I read a book called, uh, relentless by Tim Glover. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It's, uh, it's motivational, but it's true. Uh, I've, I've seen your bookshelf, Sammy. Let's, let's cut to the chase. You're reading the secret. What's the secret? Steve, you want to tell him what the secret is? Well, you love the secret. A secret is pretty much, they made a movie out of it, but it was also a book. It's basically just like, um, it's, it's pretty much being positive, surrounding yourself with positive people, giving gratitude every day when you wake up. Huh? That's where it correlates. That's where all this. It's all, it's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same. It's everything. It's not, that's the thing I was meaning about Tony Robinson because he's not all about like relentlessness or anything like that. That's just a mindset to have. The mindset is just correlating with the right support. Like my interview with Max Muscle, uh, Max Muscle, whatever, uh, Maximum Muscle Support and um, Strength Addicts, 
it was, they asked me if the prep was hard. Every prep is fucking not easy, but was this the easiest prep? Yes, because there was so much support behind it. Bro, if you got the support and the positivity, you mean, got people telling you you look good every day, that's motivation. You know what I mean? So all these things I did just correlated with it, if that makes sense. It must, it must have been pretty cool working at Blackstone and having PJ, not, not really helping you, but kind of like being that rock behind you. I mean, bro, it's a lot of sport. I mean, anything I asked for, PJ said yes. Reimbursements, leaving work early, even though I never worked, I left work early. I would always stay there past 6.30, especially if I was arguing with a client on sale or anything like that. Um, and it's just like, text in the last four weeks, every day PJ checked on me. Text message, work, after work, middle of the night, because you know I had it. I was waking up at like 5.30, because he, he doesn't sleep. He sleeps like four hours out of the day. He has bad insomnia. Always. Um, the man's always thinking, you, you'll catch him emailing people at fucking 3.30 in the morning like a weirdo. But he's just doing it just to keep his mind going. And he, he just doesn't sleep. I don't, I don't understand it. He'll even tell you. I don't know if he told you on his podcast. Um, the interview you guys have with him, uh, he just doesn't sleep. But man, will check on me probably if we're looking at a 24 hour period, four times. And two in person, two on the phone, two text messages. So six times, always asking him questions. He always had made sure to, and he'll be honest, he doesn't give, he, he's the most blunt dude. So he, if you look like shit, he's going to tell you you look like shit. If he says you look good, he's being completely honest. What about your girlfriend? Was she supportive of this? Oh, yeah. Yes, dude. <sighs> Dating a foreign girl versus, no offense to American girls or anything like that. I don't know if you guys know this. Like, Canadians probably are the same thing. But they're so, so supportive. Anything I need, Publix. I made her life easier. This prep, last prep, I was angry, fuck. And I would argue with her every day, even though she would do everything for me. Like, she did my posing with me. She did my posing routine with me, everything like that. But, dude, she was there. Every single time, the the four days we were at the hotel, got me every food, made sure everything was fine, and called me every day. Uh, she knew when to leave me alone. She let me do my thing, and I do my dick wasn't working for like three weeks out. <laughs> you know, it's just not happening. And she she still like respected me and loved me. I supported. She was more than supported. Well, which country is she from? From Germany. Born and raised. She came here when she was 16. Kind of funny story. I'm going to shorten it up with um, I was at the LA Fitness. I was right after my rebound. I didn't know how to rebound. I just fucking got fat. And she referred to me on Stairmaster, and I was doing uh, calves. And she kept looking back, and then she went to go, who goes from Stairmaster calves? And she goes like, are you Super Saiyan Sammy? I don't know anyone, but she said it in like a really funny German accent. And I was like, yes, yes, that's me. And I tried to be cocky. And then she asked me for my number. Wow. And I was just really depressed because I had low testosterone. I had to go get blood work done and all that crap. And I just felt like complete ass. And it was my birthday. And she spent the whole night with me at my birthday. I tried getting her pants. It wasn't happening. So that's why I know she was a keeper. Um, three months go by. I was playing around with her, um, dodging her. You know, but she was really beautiful. She was always beautiful. I was very attracted to her. I just wasn't ready. And just stay with me, stay with me. And then we started going out three years later. We're still here, you know, and never fought. Little fights. That's it. What you what you said about foreign girls is a hundred percent true, and I'm starting to realize this because I'm doing a clinical trial right now at the university. So I need to get seventy two participants. 
And that's not easy because you have to screen them. So I have to first do their blood work to make sure that they're eligible. Like it's really, really hard to get 72 points. Factual. So this girl, one of my colleagues, she's doing a PhD. She shows up and I'm like, like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I, I filled out all of the consent forms and everything to see if I'm eligible. And I was like, holy crap. Like this girl who's like one of my colleagues is volunteering herself for my study just to try to help out. I didn't like, I've never, I never, I've never spoken to her once before that. I've only like seen her around the university and I didn't even know her name. I just like recognized her. I was like, wow, what a nice girl. What, what country, Trevor? From Iran. Okay. Huh. She, she's I'm really sure pretty though. Like she doesn't. I wouldn't date. I, I don't like every woman for some reason. It's nice. No, no pun intended. Um, honestly, I don't, I, I, the kind of girl I like, I like brunettes, but my girlfriend's now, well, now she's like a brunette, but like before that she was blonde and she looks pretty either way. And it's just like the quality, like, bro, they're definitely raised. I mean, I'm in Boca fucking Raton, Florida, South Florida. We're all loaded with, we're, California's different and all that, but we're, we're known for stuck up bitches. We're known to have, they don't care anything about their self. They want the big baller with the fucking, Lamborghini or the fucking Mercedes. They want to dig your pockets in. And every relationship before that, six months, three months, two months, one month, one week. That's how it was until I found her. And I, I thank God every day. What's your ethnic background, Sam? Mine, I'm Lebanese, half. And okay, then, uh, yeah. Okay. Too. So my mom's from Long Island and she was mixed with like Dutch, German, okay. French. I'll tell you what, South Florida is a lot of beautiful Jewish and Italian women, man. Uh, yeah, I did. I did a Jew for about like two months. Uh, yeah. Right, same old thing. Fucking introduced me to the parents. Blah 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 blah. But the parents wanted me to be a Jew. No, not happening. Sorry. Yeah, if, 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 <laughs> if that's if how one circumcised, that's a deal breaker. And they can hate me or they can love me. They can. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I love Jewish women. Are Jewish women are. Definitely beautiful. Oh my god! Oh my god! They're the South Florida women are beautiful. That's the one thing about it. But you're right. Yeah, they're they're. Uh, the parents. They're yes. Okay, okay, okay. Jewish women are either drop dead gorgeous okay. or only beyond belief. There's no. There, it's one or the other. Yeah. Sometimes I really don't like curly hair. Curly hair juice. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the curl, the puff. Yeah. You ever go to the Whole Foods in Boca, Sam? There's so many beautiful, oh my God, the beautiful women there are unbelievable. But yeah, they're very stuck up. You're right. catching that town center mall, to be honest. (laughs) Like fishing up there. (laughs) And uh, dude, I mean, honestly, they're good. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I ain't about it. And then her dad, very supportive. They all love me. I've been to Germany twice. Uh, The parents took me to freaking the first month. Uh, Kiara surprised me for Christmas break. Uh, for her name's Kiara, uh, kind of like from the Lion King, the second one. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys watch that, but whatever, get to the point. Um, they took me to Paris the first night, the first time uh, from Germany. It's only like a three hour train ride. And then the second time, Kiara bought me a Christmas gift to London because I always wanted to go to UK, uh, London. And that was fucking amazing. We actually went to Chinatown at a Supreme store, and I didn't know anything about Supreme at the time the whole hype around it. I wasn't interested in it. I just wanted to see what the whole hype was. We tried to get in the front uh, the front door. There's a fucking line all the way down the street. And I'm like, fuck this for a fucking shirt that says Supreme? 
the fuck is the point? I didn't, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that was a clothing company. You didn't know that was a clothing company? No, I had no idea. I guess you could call it. You slap a fucking. So you take a. You can take a, like a fucking. Take this, and you slap the Supreme logo on it. Apparently, the next day it's fucking worth four hundred dollars. I guess that's like Louis Vuitton, right? People people want the brand. It's the hype. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know how it started. I'd have to look into the history and study it. Let me fucking say how it started. My boy, uh, my boy Josh is big on that, that stuff. He loves that shit. I mean, every time I see him buy a bag from Supreme, uh, once it gets off the market, it's like worth like double the money. Hmm. It's worth. I don't know anything about that. He would know about the history. Uh, if he was on here, he could fucking probably tell you everything about it. So tomorrow's Black Friday. What's in store for Blackstone Labs? And what's in store for you tomorrow for Black Friday? Uh, for wholesale, it's not good. They bought already. Our Black Friday was a week ago, basically. They load up, they load up, and then they start selling. We did, we did a good uh, bug on the promos, um, the DHEA Andros, whatever you want to call them. So not promos, pro Andros. Um, and then uh, for, I think, uh, I think it drops 12 p.m. I think they're doing a bug on the website. I'm not sure. Not 100 percent sure, um, but that's when I kind of me myself I got to go on hibernation because everyone's battling. You know what I mean? It has no benefit for me. Like I, if they ask me to help, of course I'll go help in shipping or something like that. But there's, but my Black Friday was already over. Hopefully the good turnaround with the stores if they sell out everything. Because good thing about Blackstone is we raised the price on the website so stores can compete without complaining. That's how it's going to be. And uh, basically, I think they're doing that. Either they're doing BOGO or they're doing something else. I know it's well worth it. You know, every high tech, every, every basic company is doing either BOGO or 50% off or something like that. And I think they're doing like free, uh, free shaker cup with orders over something. I don't know. They get, they get crazy with it. We're not doing Cyber Monday. I know that. That was PJ's part. Pretty sure we're not doing Cyber Monday. Talk, talk to us a little bit about how it all works, like wholesale versus direct to consumer. Like, I, I think a lot of people don't actually realize how supplement companies function. That's a good question. So, you have people that are fans that want to support the brand, they'll go directly to the website. You also have people that won't want to buy a website because it takes you, and they can just go to a store and get consumed information, they don't have to just buy one brand, they can buy different brands, but they want to buy that one, that specific product from Blackstone, whether it's Dust Eggs or a Promo or whatever, a Perandra or whatever it is. Um, the difference is, the way I like to put it is like, I guess it's like, you want to take your brand and have it everywhere. But the thing is, about with wholesale and retail, is pricing. Price wars are all over. So, at the end of the day, if, if people, we're able to be balanced, everything will work out, but it's always going to be a headache. Like we talked about earlier through text message, you know how it is. InnoTech doesn't even do a fucking bogo or sales. And some stores like that, some stores don't. I mean, some stores, it's at the end of the day, it's, they're going to complain because that's how life is, but I'm not the owner of the company. And that's at the end of the day, it's direct consumers where you make the most profit. So you can't look at a wholesale as your whole thing because it's not going to be like that. Direct consumer, you're, you're a smart business person like PJ, direct consumer is the most profit. So at the end of the day, these stores can get mad. There's nothing that we can do about it. It's the best thing I could do is try to get you. That's why we, this year, me and PJ's dad, 
we made sure to make it fair and give a really good, good Black Friday before special for them to be competitive with the sale that we're going to do. And it's, it was a great turnaround, great planning, great sales, great margins, great everything. And stores were happy, people were happy. You know, that's basically the difference in how it works. And you always have to come find a way of a happy medium with these guys. Because you can make direct consumer mad, like the call center or the website, or you can make the stores mad. Why not just give a happy medium to everything? You know what I mean? So that's basically how I describe it. If that makes sense. That answered your question. We're seeing bodybuilding sort of dying. Like that's that's the wrong term, but a lot of people are switching to classic physique and physique. Yes. Has that affected Blackstone Labs being kind of like a more hardcore line? No, not at all. Actually, that has nothing to do with it, bro. Because we people think like it's all about bodybuilding, bodybuilding, bodybuilding. No, bro, it's not. Most of our customers are just people that want to be in shape that want to change their lives. Like, that's the thing. Like people, like I always say custom stacks, you know, cause they ain't about just, they don't want to be a bodybuilder at the end of the day. They want to just look good. They want to feel good. Cause at the end of the day, when you change your body, you change your mindset, you fucking feel good. There are some people that want to be bodybuilders and that we are a bodybuilding company. We're a hardcore company. Yeah, it's guaranteed. But at the same time, we do hit the mom and pop, the soccer mom, the fucking, the old grandpa that means their, their joints hurt. We hit it almost everybody. That's what people have to understand. That the brand's more than the hardcore bodybuilding brand. It's just, it's been portrayed like that. But even PJ will tell you too. We have supplements for everybody. Everybody. Maybe not, maybe some people get scared of the brands because it's a little edge. It's a hardcore edgy brand. But at the end of the day, go on the website, read the fucking science. It's, it's there. I mean, bro, we got natural anabolics. We got anabolics. We got joint formulas. BCAAs, protein, sleep agents. I mean, we got the whole nine yards coming out with a strong, we have a medium fat burner, non-stimulant fat burner, high stim fat burner, an even stronger stim fat burner coming out for those stim junkies. I mean, bro, we got a co- we got Costco of supplements, every category. So to answer your question is, yes, the bodybuilding industry is dying. Uh, I went to the Olympia this year, it was pathetic. Like usually the Olympia is mad stressful. You got people coming left and right, left and right, left and right. Bro, I can literally text on my phone. I was able to process orders, you know, kick back, relax. And our booth was busy. It's just seeing the whole the whole thing. I don't know what's going to happen two years from now. Really? The Olympia Expo is dead? It wasn't. It's just, it's not dead. It's just the client. You can see the decrease every year. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's just upsetting. Like, I haven't been to the Olympia in a couple of years. Yeah. And I was there. It was freaking packed. They make, you know, it was kind of cool. I was watching Arch Muscle the other day. They're having the Dubai Muscle Classic, um, the fourth and the fifth. You know how much they charge for entry fee to get in the expo? Guess. I think it's like three or it's like five bucks. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. You know how much it is for the Olympia? It's a lot. It was like forty dollars. Forty or sixty bucks, something like that. You know how much for? And dude, ten bucks versus. I mean, bro, you're saving. You're gonna. If you're charging ten bucks, yeah, the profit's not as much but you'll get a whole lot more volume in that. Have you, have you ever been to one of the Canadian bodybuilding shows, the Vancouver pro or the Toronto pro? Okay, Toronto pro. And speaking of that, when's the Toronto pro next year? It's, it's, it's first week of June. It's always first week of June. That would be a good fucking part. You want to know how much the expo costs for that? 20 bucks. Free. See, but and how many people show up? Hundreds. Half. 
Exactly. But, but that's, that makes the most sense, right? Is like you're charging the vendors to have a booth. So then the people, they shouldn't have to be, they shouldn't have to pay to come, right? It's like you either let the vendors come for free so that the vendors then give away lots of stuff and you charge the people or you charge the vendors let the people come for free. You don't charge both. Got the ass. That's what they really do. So they do that both ways. I mean, our booth was fucking stupid expensive. I, I don't remember the fucking price, but we didn't have, we had a big ass booth, but not the biggest booth. I can't imagine what Muscle Tech and all these fucking other guys are paying. Plus the fucking thing is on the top, like to have like a, a portrait or um, a little hanging poster. That's an extra 50 fucking grand. These fucking, the NPC, the, IBB, uh, the Olympia Federation is making so much fucking money. Why do you worry about the fucking people that are paying? Why are you charging forty to sixty dollars? Why don't you just make that bitch? If you make that bitch, I understand not make it free because what I've noticed in those shows, you'll see homeless people come in and they will steal shit. That's the only reason why I wouldn't make that free. I don't know how it is in Canada, but at the Arnold, I've seen like homeless people somehow get in, but it's not cheap there, and they steal shit. It's literally happened all the time. That's the only thing I mean. Ten bucks. I would if I was the run the, if I ran the Olympia Expo, I would always do ten dollars. The the one thing about Canada is we have homeless people, but they're very friendly. They would never steal from you. They'll ask you for change, but it's like it's very, very polite. It's like Not American. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to bug you. Do you have any spare change? If you say no, they'll be like, Well, have a good day. Thank you for your time. Yeah, they say, Okay. Like they give the accent, Canadian accent, because you guys are down there with people. I was just in Buffalo, man. Can uh Toronto's not too far from there. And they're all down there people. They're fucking nice, cool, respective, fucking manners, patient. You come down here, you got homeless people. You know, all they do is the sign. And today, for instance, Thanksgiving, you know, I wanted to do something special. I see this guy where my dad lives off of 95. Every single fucking time I go to my dad's to say hi. It's this black dude, short, about my height, little top, pot belly stomach. Where's the cardboard sign? He's not a bad dude, but he, at the end of the day, I know he's, I gave him 10 bucks. I followed him to uh, one night to where he was going. He went to the gas station, an old English, about three old English and cracked them open. I waited about 30 minutes because I was, uh, I went to my dad's house, grabbed something real fast, came back. He was on his last old English. And I was like, yeah, that's the last time I'm going to give you a fucking money because I, you told me you weren't going to get alcohol. You told me you were going to get a hot dog and some fucking soda. You lied. So a year later, Today, actually, I fucking went to him and I was like, he didn't even remember me because I guess the guy has dementia or something like a Parkinson's disease. I don't know. He just didn't remember me. I was like, do you remember me? He's like, no. I was like, here, happy Thanksgiving. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a time to be thankful for what you're good for and stuff like that. So I want to I wanna give you something a little different. Your shirt is smelly as shit and it looks dry. It looks like you haven't got to wear a different, warm, nice shirt. So I gave him a make bodybuilding great shirt. And I was like, I want you to wear this. And he put it, and I didn't think he was going to do it. I got back in my car. My girlfriend was like, turn around. Motherfucker put it on right away. And he, he, he smiled on his face, you know, little things like that. I was like, you learn a valuable lesson. Don't give a nigga fucking money. It's not going to do anything. They're just going to buy alcohol. They're going to buy something to get fucked up, crack, cocaine, whatever, whatever the fuck they want. You're going to buy and just to get fucked up and they're gonna go right back to square one give him a shirt and he'll make it last you know what i mean so like that's kind of how the homeless people are around here 
alcohol is your first choice. I actually had some, um, one of my neighbors gave me beer and I don't drink, I don't drink alcohol. So I took four beer bottles. I went down, I'm like, let me just find a homeless person. Cause like you said, along 95, there's tons of them. So I find a couple of homeless people and I wave them over. I'm like, come here. I hand them four beers and they're like, thank you so much. I'm like, look, you're just, you know, it's like, you don't you cut out the middle man. Instead of giving them cash, <laughs> so they can give my beer and give them beer. Straight up. Yeah, exactly. I, I, but, don't, I don't have yeah. anything against it. I just don't think, yeah. I think if they're going to waste their money, if they're getting it for free, fuck it. You know what I mean? But if fucking <laughs> give them yeah. money, they're fucking going to buy it. It's like, what the fuck are you changing? I mean, the thing is, they're going to sit at the end of the day on that vibe and fucking drink OE. At least they're sitting, enjoying and getting a gift. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, fuck, bro. Just get up and do something. Take action, you know? Don't fucking just... It's the same thing. It's like, I feel like these homeless people just give up on life instead of just trying. I mean, it, that's the one thing I think about money with, like, people and homeless people. It's just like, work for it. Or I, I mean, they choose, Sam. I mean, they choose to be homeless. A lot of them have drug and alcohol problems. They choose. I, I, I had a lady in front of my gym. Every day I'd see her. Every time I go to a gym, so I go to a grocery store. I buy her grocery. I give her to her. I'm like, here, this is for you. She's like, I don't want it. It's not mine. I don't want it. Some of them just don't want to be helped, man. They just, they just, you know, it's sad, but that's, uh, that's how it is. It's the truth. It's the truth so. Yeah. What are you gonna do? It's all good. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. Fucking ate like shit today. And I was thankful for it. So what'd you eat? Tell us what you ate today. Uh, today, so I woke up, did the cardio, all the yada, yada, yada. I had a photo shoot the day before, so I, I've been staying, I've been reverse dieting. And but today is actually the real time I actually like, splurged. I'm gonna splurge right after we get up there. I'm gonna go to Wendy's with a fucking bacon egg. Uh, not bacon egg, some kind of burger fries, and probably milkshake. But, so today we had post-workout, uh, two, two cough cake, uh, uh, muffins, amazing. No, one chocolate, one coffee cake. Two glazed donuts, two uh egg cheese, and then I uh, had a heavy, big, uh, dark uh, iced coffee. And then went to my mom's. Two servings of mashed potato casserole, uh, sweet potato casserole with the fucking marshmallows. Pulled me to the top. Two pound, uh, pound and a half of uh, ham, pound and a half of turkey. Uh, stuffing, two servings. Uh, two pieces of apple pie. Um, four scoops of ice cream. And two pies of uh, two pieces of a uh, pie of uh, cranberry, and then had more ice cream later. And man, I thought that was a lot of food. Oh, <laughs> then had oh, then had uh, okay. you know the Oreos, the double stuff. I put I took every double stuffed off, triple stuffed, mega stuffed, whatever the fuck. You, I piled it up to here, and I it kept eating in between it and fucking. <laughs> So you worked out today too, though, right? You said post-workout. So your gym was open? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to share what gym you go to in case any of your fans want to meet you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so LA Fitness on Yamato in Congress, right after 95 in Boca. Um, you catch me there, 6.30. I come up, come up to me, say, what's up? You know, I ain't the fucking asshole. I'll talk to you. I, in prep, I was an asshole because I was trying to get in get out. I kind of lost the love for working out threes out. Want to get in, get the pump, get out. That's it. Um, but today was the first time I felt that my muscle connection felt really good. Obviously, because of the food and stuff like that. I'm feeling my sex drive came back. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um, you can also catch me on Busybody uh, East location. Um, random times. 
uh, usually in the morning with my girlfriend um, around 10 a.m. And that is right off of 2nd and uh, 20th. 2nd and 20th, yeah. Bubba Town, right next to uh, U Park. The college. I've, been, I've, been to the, I've been to the North Lake Busy Body. It's a hell, it's a hell of a gym. I'm in, I'm in Palm Beach County as well, yeah. Nice. Like I'm up, Palm area? Yeah, about West Palm area, yeah. Delray between Delray and West Palm, yeah. I'll have Sammy's Instagram in the show notes. So if anyone is going to go stop by, you can send him a DM and uh, let him know. So Sammy, finish off the show. Let us know what's what's new. What's next for you? You just won your pro card literally four days ago. What uh, what, what are your future plans? That's a good question. I haven't really. I have to find that goal. I got to find my right now. The plan is to grow Blackstones as much as possible and balance the life. Life was never unbalanced. It's really be the best person, the best boyfriend, the best uh, wholesale rep, the best. Um, Basically, like, as much as I can give back. Um, but I do, lately, everyone's been asking, what's the pro debut? What's the pro debut? So that, that, that inner fire of the goal coming to make that pro debut. The thing is that, that I haven't decided the pro debut is because if you look at photos of me, my biceps suck. I need that balling peak. I don't know if I can necessarily genetically grow that, but I do need bigger arms. I need some calves. Um, and I definitely still need a bigger chest. Uh, so... Laggy body parts, that's one goal. Um, I will see myself hitting a pro debut. I have two shows in mind. You mentioned Toronto Pro. I've always wanted to go to Canada, so that's one in mind. That gives me enough time to grow a little more. And then there's also, before that, there's a New York Pro, which when I went to the New York Pro this year, I loved it. And I saw Regan win it, and it would be an ultimate goal to win it and then qualify for the Olympia. But the thing is, I don't have – I have question on is – even if you win a pro show this uh, 2019, don't you have to win by points now? Or do you get that one? If you win the show, it's an automatic qualification. But I think they changed the rules. I, I, think, mean, I, think it's, I think it's both. I think it's an automatic qualification, but you can also go on points. You can go on points, but I think, I think come 2019, something's changing. I think you, even if you have to win a couple of shows to qualify for the Olympia. I'm not sure. I don't know. That's the only thing that's coming in play. Um, Future-wise, like, it just keep climbing, keep making goals, you know, keep anyone has to ask questions. Like, that's that's the whole predicament. I haven't – the goal will be set once the show's there. It's just the things in play right now is just life, hustle, uh, maximizing, and keep doing what I'm doing. Like, I'm not the type of person to get off track. I'm still prepping my meals every day. I'm still fucking training hard. Um, it's just along the lines of where I want to take it. You know what I mean? Because the whole point was to get the IPB Pro card. Then you make the step. Then you decide where you're going to go from there. The journey's not done. It's just begun. Now I'm in a harder playing field. These guys, you, I'm going up against Scott. If I'm if I'm sticking in the classic division, which I'm gonna, because one, it, I fit it, and two, I can I can really see myself com- being competitive with these guys. It's just they're a little older than me, so they have a little more muscle maturity. I mean, I'm keeping meeting with guys that have five, six years on me. So I'm not saying they're fucking top dog in it, but like, I mean, I have to fucking build. There's some guys that have some freaky ass arms, freaky ass backs, you know, I need more detail, more insertions, more everything. You know, I need to, I need to be undeniable to where I can qualify for the Olympia and hopefully one day compete with Breon, Seabum, all of them. And I have a long time to go. I have a long way to go because those guys, they didn't make it to the top overnight. 
you know? So that's, that's basically where I'm going. That's how I want to end this chat is I have to make that decision. And those are the two shows in mind. Before the if you do the Toronto show, I'll fly out in Toronto and watch it. Perfect. So that's, that's how that honestly, that's more of my mindset because that gives me a lot more time than just jumping into something else. You know what I mean? Toronto is always the first Saturday in June. So if you go on your calendar, the first Saturday in June, that'll be the Toronto pro. And that's the perfect time, you know, call for the Olympia. Then I, I take like a two, uh, I, I don't do anything, you know, chill, stay on the diet and boom, we go right. Into, I get, I get another eight weeks right into the fucking Olympia. If I win it, I'm not saying no pun intended, but obviously when you're coming in there, you, you want to get it, you're all, you want to win it. And, uh, Ain't no fucking playing games. Not, it's not no warm up show. I, I, ne- I never thought a show was a warm up show. I hate that. I hate when people say warm up. Fuck a warm up show to get my feet wet. You go in the show, you're going to go in full blast. You know what I mean? So, to listeners out there, um, I know I don't have a big following and stuff like that. I know I just started, but the last message I want to give is stay consistent. Keep that goal in mind and always keep striving. If you have a goal that you want to, it's anything just keep going and stick around the best thing like trevor said earlier positivity you're negative you ain't gonna get nowhere in life good words last question are you gonna stick with chris acido hashtag acido games (laughs) yes acido is gonna be uh right in my uh corner every time for your host trevor Critson, for my co-host steve smee for our special guest New IFBB Pro, Sammy Gainham. This has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Live your life, look at doing it. Thanks for listening.
Mm-hmm.